there's there's no limit to what one can learn um, from nature. There's absolutely mm-hmm. no limit. Mm-hmm. Um, structures are formed based on nature. We have learned architecture and the built environment from nature. We are just constantly changing, adapting, and reinventing the same thing. Hi folks, I'm Sadia Tariq and you're listening to Dhani, the podcast. On this show, I speak to medical practitioners, poets, authors, mindful experts, therapists, artists, corporate world influencers, fashion designers and humanists from all over the world, where they share their journey of well-being, personal growth, learnings and struggles, and knowledge-seeking. We have Ursalan Aziz on the show today. Ursalan is an architect based in the UK and has been pr- practicing architecture since the last 10 years. In this show we talked about the concept of design, vision, clarity, purpose, the five senses, the views, the framing of the views. And last but not the least how the spaces deal with us and how we deal with the spaces we live in and finally towards the end arsalan talks about how architecture is going to take a change post covid arsalan thank you so much for being on dhani my pleasure Arsalan you um are based in the UK and you've been um uh, practicing architecture almost um, over 10 years now and you've uh, done a lot of work um uh, in the UK primarily and also in the Middle East um to a layman if you were to describe very i don't know if it's a basic thing or a complex thing but what 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 is design uh Sadia thank you very much for having me first of all um and yes that is a very complex question but um the simplest answer i can give is wikipedia for example states and this is a very good description um wikipedia describes design is a plan or specification for the construction of an object or system or the implementation of an activity or process that's very complex because right. it has many facets in understanding um i i believe design is defined as it would be as a verb so to design so mm-hmm. uh the definition of design in my field i would say is a verb and to design is to express the process of developing a design design is right. an aesthetic essentially design mm-hmm. is just an okay that one um is is an extension of one's inner understanding of how things work or of what is aesthetically pleasing to the brain um design is often mistaken for being subjective um right. when it comes to architecture unfortunately um but the uh, true design is actually objective because it is not a personal view that is cast into concrete stone bricks and mortar 
bricks and mortar is objective they are a form that follows a function so that that kind of it doesn't answer your question what is design but it leads to a inquiry as to what is design because i don't think there is a right answer to what is design it's only an inquiry the line of inquiry no but when you said that it's not subjective i mean from from your point of view it's your inner creativity or obviously uh, the uh, matched with the demand of a client that that is then put out on the paper and finally on a particular space right sure, sure. so then the design is measured by by your five senses no um but my five senses have uh, cannot be subjected to every single client it is right. there so i i believe um and having thought about this for many years that how does one come what is good design hmm because design can be um there are houses there are apartment buildings there are buildings there are office blocks there are factories um that have been designed but right. are they aesthetically pleasing or are they mm -hmm. meeting a criteria if we simply right mm -hmm. so a client is going to give me a brief and that brief is what translates into an objective piece of work got it design comes in the middle of what is a brief and what is built that is the process right. one has to follow and like recently i saw a um and and it may sound strange but a chicken coop in mexico mm -hmm. which is a simple structure which is a single story simple structure where a farmer kept his chickens mm -hmm. and one would imagine these structures to be nondescript etc but it actually was a form that followed the function primarily and mm -hmm. is one of the most beautiful simple structures i have seen in recent times because it is simple in what its purpose is so the architect who was chosen to design this was chosen for the purpose of realizing i can't remember his name now but he was chosen for the simplicity of being an extension of the client's brief so again Correct. subjective yes i can have a subjective view of design but his objective view the architect's objective view of or his objective response to the client's demand resulted in what i believe to be a aesthetically pleasing design mm mm so it it is quite open ended unfortunately and objective subjective i think um the answer is not quite there yet um if if one looks specifically at objective versus subjective subjective design is based on the influence of someone's personal opinion taste and feeling right right that's subjective design hmm. objective hmm. design is not based on personal feeling or opinion and 
all it does is consider facts. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So that that hopefully allows you to understand that uh, a, a design of an object, say for example, a a mug. It is a function of what is required. So the design is based on someone's hand gripping it to pick it up to be able to drink off the mug. Wow. I mean, surely when you said uh, that it has many facets, you weren't joking. <laughs> um, so as we were talking about the, the five senses, I was wondering, you know how it is when, you, when you're cooking? There is a certain, there's an eye for certain things, right? You know sometimes that you, this flavor has to be there and you can, by looking at certain things, you kind of say, okay, this is done, this is not done, this is the right color, not the right color. Even for, for photography, for instance, there's an eye, you capture things, you, or you look at things in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. So there is a sense um, uh, there of, of vision. Mm -hmm. So... For architects, obviously, I'm just wondering, do you have your five senses like operating at all times? Because this, it's all around us, right? Yes, yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely right. And it's, um, that's, a, that's a very, uh, very good question, um, Sadia, because I, I think um, what you're sort of un uh, going into is the, from the design process, how does one realize it? So what comes first? Mm. Um, you have, um, in, in, my, in my opinion, my humble opinion, I would say the very first thing any architect sets about is, what is the brief? What am I setting out to build here? What mm. is the purpose of it? How does it, um, who is it for? Is it for uh, a person? Is it for a family? Is it for uh, a large family or is it for an office block, uh, a company, or is it just open-ended for people generally as a public building? So when one defines these briefs, one has clarity of, and I come back to it, the subjective view of the client, that this mm -hmm. is what I would like my design to be. I want mm. it to have an impact on people when they walk in and I want it to have an impact on people when they leave. And I would like for that vision to be translated into a, an appropriate design. Hmm. So clarity, i.e. the brief, comes first. Um, right. And it is the subjective part of the, the architectural process, I would say. Then comes... The objective part, which is the vision, so the architect's input, that right. is a, trans, a direct translation of someone's person, personal view. Um, in it. that, um, it, it allows me to create a personal space for someone who, for example, I, many years ago, was working on a project for a writer. It was mm -hmm. a house in Hampstead, and he wanted a very small, nondescript extension put onto what's known as the closet wing of a house. Um, and as you can imagine, Hampstead is a, uh, the terrain of Hampstead is 
quite versatile. Sure. And this was nestled within sort of a densely forested kind of neighborhood. And the house was a Georgian terraced house. But he, him being a writer, I think one of the most important things he ever said to me was, I like a space where there's natural light, but I can't see outside. So oh. that is one of the toughest things to achieve because you're looking mm. at you're looking at inspiration from galleries, for example, where they don't have direct light coming in, but it's natural light. And it's a flood uh -huh. of natural light. So mm. it's about how you control that. And what while researching his property, what I learned was he had this lovely terrace which had a chimney. Uh, the chimney breast on the back of the building running past this terrace. So the design proposal was to create this box and use that chimney as a light well to light up his desk only, which would be uh -huh. set within this chimney. Um, right. So it was about translating his vision mm -hmm. into an objective, useful desk. Got it. And uh, it, it, it then, this translates into the final thing, which is the purpose. I feel purpose is the, the, the last aspect of this because is it built for purpose or is it built for aesthetic? Mm -hmm. Typically, mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. is built for purpose. Nothing sure, is built sure. for aesthetic. Aesthetics is secondary um, or tertiary. It's not a primary influencer of design, architecture, and the built environment. Mm -hmm. I hope that uh, answers your question. Sure. Because, okay, so just to revise, there's clarity, and then there's a vision, and then there's purpose. Yes. And at all times, you are um, deploying all your senses. Yes. And if, and if there were more than five, then probably more than five. Of course, I I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't say that there's five, ten, hundred, because yeah. every project is taken upon its own merit. Sure, sure. Every project has its own clarity, its own brief, and based on that brief, you create your senses. And I think you adapt senses. A I I would say a good architect always adapts his senses to the mm. project brief. Hmm. Wow. So, digressing from this, I, uh, you know, the spaces that we live in is a very subjective thing, right? It, it depends on your convenience, on the purpose, on the, uh, on the, on your personal aesthetic sense. How do the spaces define us, or is it us defining the space? So, um, that's uh, that's yet another wonderful question, Satya, with without a straight answer. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it it I I think the reason why I say it's not got a straight answer is again it is dependent on the situation or the the location or the aspiration of that project mm -hmm. be it for example the chicken coop i mentioned earlier 
um, right. to a uh, a mansion in Pakistan or in the UK for that matter. There is a difference in both those um, locations, and a difference in the brief. Now, okay, how? Um, It's it, it's difficult to um, to pinpoint, like h- how how does it impact or how is it an extension of one's inner understanding of architecture? Most people will say, "I want a room that has a view," or "I want a room that has a purpose, such as dining, kitchen, bathroom, or meeting room, or." Um, an area where you keep chickens in a chicken coop, for for that matter. So your 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 inner use of the space, or how you use it, is sort of defined um, by how you interact with the space. For example, right, right. Um, your interaction of a chicken coop. Maybe that okay. I want to keep chickens here, but the next person who comes along says, "No, actually, I don't want to keep chickens here. This is the perfect office. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect study, or this is the perfect place for me to have my swimming pool pavilion." So, it can be changed. It can be altered. It can be defined by one's inner and. Um, uh, innermost feelings of okay what does this may space make me feel hmm. so unfortunately that doesn't answer your question yet again no no okay. i'm with you so let me revive just just recap before you move on so far it is it is about our feelings that the space gives us yes and then we establish a relationship yes right now you can move on. <laughs> yes, and that that establishing that relationship can only come with actually interacting with it. There's mm-hmm. no other way. Designing yeah. something becomes very difficult in that sense because you are pre-creating um, a space which you intend for someone to build a relationship with. Right, of course, yeah. Which is which is where. And on many occasions, a client will move into the property and say, I do not like this. Yeah, yeah. Because their brief did not explain the one or two instances that have occurred in the design, which can only be seen once it has been occupied. Mm. If I come back to it, the clarity, the brief is the most important part of my process as an architect in terms of design and delivery of a project or any project. It doesn't matter what kind of project. If I'm speaking to someone about a low-income housing, I would say exactly the same thing to someone who is building a mansion. Sure. It, it has, it, it's non-important. There's a function, there's a romance that comes with the space. Correct. Realization of that is very difficult. Very, very hard. Wow, wow. So, 
you know, there's there's so much going on in my mind right now. So there is, I'm just thinking that from a, from an architect's point of view, there has to be a level of detachment as well, because as you said, there is the clarity and then the vision and then the purpose, and then you're working nonstop to create that purpose whereby someone else is going to be establishing a relationship with, right? Yes. <laughs> That's tough. Right. And it's very difficult to let go. Very mm. difficult. Because it's, uh, in the UK at least, a project, uh, average project lasts about nine months, which is the same time as it takes to have a child. Correct. And it's, you're, create, you're basically having a child with a client because it is the same time scale, it is the same pain that you go through because it's about extracting, for me at least, it's about extracting information from the client. Mm. And that process, if it's not extracted well, the execution is not won't be well. Correct. It, it just won't translate. Yeah. Uh, coming to that was Arsalan, the the architect, but obviously that's all weaved in. You are the architect, but on a personal level, what really inspires you? Which you then later find, I don't know, years later, perhaps as travel, I don't know, there's food, and years later you find that sort of sensation and feeling translating into your work. I, um, I, I, I think an obsession with the outdoors, an obsession with, and it's it's strange. People will find um, an obsession with the outdoors. Not that I even go outdoors much, because one is always working. Um, mm. but an obsession with nature because there is no more there's there's no limit to what one can learn um, from nature there's absolutely mm. no limit mm. um, structures are formed based on nature we have learned architecture and the built environment from nature we are just constantly changing, adapting, and reinventing the same thing. Wow. Nature created caves. Nature created trees that give you a canopy. Um, there's no stopping the limit of how a canopy provides you shade. When one looks at um, important buildings of today, if you go to the Guggenheim in Abu Dhabi, they've created this trellis which is meant to give you the feeling that you're walking under a canopy of trees. That's mm. the sensation. That's the driving force of that structure. Mm. These are, it, it's all from nature. Yes, it may be modern. It may be minimalist. When we do sliding doors at the back of the home extension, why are we doing these massive, massive, great big openings to, to bring the outside inside? Mm -hmm. it's about nature it's always that connection with nature um, I, th I think that that sort of is my driving force and it always has keeps been. you going yeah it's it's precisely what keeps me going I've recently with these unfortunate pandemic times um, one is looking at nature a little bit more mm. it's influencing absolutely everything I'm doing now. Mm. You just spoke about the pandemic and I'm just coming towards the end of the, 
the podcast. Um, how do you think um, your work or construction work, structure work, architectural designs will change post-corona? Um, I and this is only my view, um, and it's probably not shared with many. But I I I firmly believe the working environment was already changing. Um, working from home, flexible working, flexi hours. Uh, you've got the Nordic countries where, in, in, if I'm not mistaken, Sweden or Finland, they're talking about it's a four-day working week rather than a six-day, a five-day working week. That's right. Week. That's right, um, yeah. The, the reason for this is also, yes, that we shouldn't all be working 24 hours a day. We shouldn't constantly be working. But the reason for this is also to have the connection back with the home, which mm -hmm. historically has been there. We've mm -hmm. only been working in this manner for over 100 years. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, there was a lot more done with our hands. Right, right. A lot more being outdoors, doing work to put food on the table working from office spaces. So to answer your question, the future as a result of COVID, I think we were gearing up to it anyway. Office spaces have transformed. They've translated into um, these kind of coffee shop office spaces. I used to occupy one of those very many different types, but uh, the one I worked under was uh, a WeWork building which if you walk into it, it has no relationship with the uh, the formal commercial building. It is a very relaxed atmosphere. Right. It has facilities which makes you feel as though it is an extension of your home. Mm. So mm. now what COVID has done is it has given the opportunity for that template to be put within each and every single home. There are clients, there are people who have been in touch with me in the last few months who would like to design and build their own home office, who would like their uh -huh. own home office to be secluded from the, from the home, back and tucked away into the garden, but be at home nonetheless. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and this, this is the direct result of something like COVID. But the mental impact of this, I'm, I'm not a psychologist, I can't say, but it's not going to be good. I don't believe that to be good. Oh. I believe people need to leave the home to work and then come back home. Sure, sure. So, but, but that's, that's um, more psychological than anything else. Sure. No, no, I totally agree with you in terms of leaving for work and coming back. But in terms of design, as you were just talking about, it, it, the atmosphere has to be, I think, a lot less rigid. Yes. A lot less, you know, no, no many, not too many partitions, perhaps, because, um, you know, uh, it's, it, it, it's how it, the whole space plays on your nervous system. And when people like you are working nonstop and there's, the creative juices have to flow in, you can't work in dark spaces or walled spaces, right? 
and i would imagine that would be probably true for for a lot of other professions as well so perhaps create a home like environment but be away from home perhaps i don't know absolutely and just to go back to a design when when one is doing an office design now one is looking at natural light it's not about mm. the artificial light there used mm. to be a time where there was restrictions on um you had to adhere to certain rules and regulations about the amount of light that was sitting on the desk and that was through artificial means that right. is now being questioned because natural light there's nothing better than it absolutely nothing better than it for mental health mm. Mm. true true and true true this this is the positive impact of covid because we are now working from homes where yes most of our homes are very well lit naturally and that working environment makes us feel happier ah uh, very very interesting yeah and you know as you're seeing this 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 covid has actually brought mental health on the top of the apex that is priority and then you have to do whatever you have to do to make sure that that is served of course Wow. In, Arsalan, in any way possible. In any way possible, right? Thank you, Arsalan. It's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. So much of um, um, so much of an insight into uh, the creative you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening, and we would be most humbled if you can leave us with a comment, a rating, or a suggestion. Thank you.